Matt, what is your best experience so far in education? Easy, mate. Must be last year when I was out in South Africa teaching as an international volunteer. Learned so much about myself, both personally and professionally. And to be honest with you, I can't wait to go out and do it again, but this time somewhere new. Well, that's ideal. I might have something right up your street, mate. I know a charity called Learn, Achieve, Become, and they've got some class projects over in Madagascar, Kenya and Central America, and they look to provide free education to children who need it most. Sounds absolutely perfect, mate. Where can I sign up? Well, firstly, go and check out their website at www.learnachievebecome.org and you can get all the information on there about their projects that they've got ongoing right now and also how to become a volunteer as well. Perfect. And where can I find them on Instagram? At learn underscore achieve underscore become. And make sure you're following at the Teachers of Tomorrow so we can guide you in the right direction if you want to become a volunteer. Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldring. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Good morning and welcome back to another Teach of Tomorrow podcast episode, where today we're delighted to say that we're joined by Heather McGavin, ex-teacher, ex-head of marketing for Twinkle and now successful business owner of Mrs. McDivity. Um, Heather, how are you? Morning, I'm fine, thank you. Bearing up, you know. Yeah, with the struggles, the struggles of the changes. Yeah, um, I know. How's, uh, how's working from home? Um, it's kind of tough, um, especially with the amount of sneezing that's going on in this house at the moment. Um, if anyone sneezes today, <laughs> anyone else sneezes today, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> that, that's no problem at all. Well, you know, small, add, small add, things add, that just really annoy you. Adds a bit of realness to the, uh, to the podcast. So we're, <laughs> we're all about that. You know, that's what we are on here. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. as I said, you know, former teacher, um, then went to work for Twinkle, which we'll uh, we'll discuss further on the episode. And now uh, running your own business, um, just care to briefly introduce yourself because you'll be able to do it slightly better than I will, having only spoken to you a few times. <laughs> yep, sure. So I was a teacher for over ten years. Um, I've taught across Key Stage One and Key Stage Two. I have also taught abroad. So I lived in Japan for a year um, on the Jet Program, which is Japan Exchange Teaching Program. And I also taught in Spain. I did sort of basically TEFL for a year there. Um, And then um, after teaching in Bradford for 10 years, I left uh, teaching to join a little known at the time website called Twinkle 2012. Um, I worked there for five and a half years and I now run my own educational website called Mrs. Mactivity. And I'm also a non-exec director for a primary resources company called Kapow Primary. I should say they make videos and lesson plans for non-specialist subjects. Nice. Education. Tick. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Unbelievable. (laughs) What what a career that is. What a career. You think so? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you anyway. Just before we jump into the the questions... uh, Really important, if you're not already following us uh, on Instagram, make sure you follow us at The Teachers of Tomorrow. Also, you can follow us on Twitter for the Tea of Tea pod. But most importantly for this episode as well, make sure you're following uh, at Mrs. Activity. And that's on Instagram. She's got all her resources um, on her Instagram and the link to her website as well. And me and Matt have both used the website and we can tell you first-hand experience. It is fantastic and it's brilliant as well. Exceptional resources, especially oh, for trainee you. teachers. Oh, that's really kind. Yeah. 
especially Thank for trainees like ourselves, it's um, <laughs> it's a huge help, especially with all everything going on at the moment. Yeah, like like you said, Sam, just just head over there and, and get following and get subscribing because um, they'll they'll be really beneficial. Just on on, on your background, you you spoke about um, how you've worked worked abroad in both Japan and Spain. What were the main differences when you were abroad between those two countries and also as well when you were working in England as a, as a teacher? Yeah, so I think the main difference is workload. And I know that's probably going to be good for people to hear who want to maybe go abroad for a little while. Um, I think because you're trusted to get on with it, that reduces the workload. It kind of goes with the territory because I think that a lot of the workload in England or in the UK is to do with jumping through hoops proving that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing it's assessment it's it's data it's not actually the teaching element that adds to the workload in my opinion um and there's just that element of trust um i think in other cultures there's a respect for teachers that we just don't have here in the uk i think here there's a lot of pressure from parents parents questioning thing you know there's a lack of trust um and i also think that um here in the uk a lot of people parents especially it's their own experiences of school that color their experiences as a parent and I think they sort of add to that pressure as well um that said I didn't get the same level of I don't know what the word is but um satisfaction I guess from teaching abroad as I did here um I don't think that you get the opportunity to form those long-term relationships with families um and with the students I guess it's different if you're abroad for a long time um I think in my case I was actually an English teacher I wasn't working for an international school or you know British school abroad so I had a slightly different experience and I think I feel like I was a sort of token, especially in Japan, I was sort of the token Westerner really, um, yeah. as opposed to being a fully a full member of staff. But that was just my experience. I think it were different for people working in like UAE who were proper teachers, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as well, when I worked in Spain, I think one of the things that I definitely, the difference between Japan and Spain is that in Spain, I had loads of colleagues and I think it's building that relationship that makes teaching I hate to say this word, it makes it bearable. Um, whereas in Japan, I was quite isolated. I was, as I said, I was the only Western in my school. None of the teachers could really speak English, hence me being there. Um, and I think that in Spain, you know, I, I made loads of really good friends and it was just a better overall experience, but less interesting perhaps than Japan. Yeah. But I definitely, if you're looking to teach abroad, I recommend it. Um, I think as well, it's a good opportunity to build up some, some money um Japan was quite well paid <laughs> it was quite well paid and that enabled me to travel um whilst I was living there and afterwards as well I saved up some you know some sort of money to go um when I finished there um yeah. and it is it is amazing like it, I, I think I look back now obviously I'm a parent of three children I'm kind of trapped a bit and I look back on that experience I'm glad that I did it in my 20s when I could because later in life it's a lot more difficult to, to get out <laughs> yeah it's really interesting that you spoke about the trust uh, and it goes back to the autonomy of, of, of teachers as well. And we've had uh, guests on uh, from universities and stuff who've said the exact same thing. And actually it trans, um, transfers into a, a, a positive um, school approach but as well. It just, like for me as well, like people train potentially four years to be a teacher and then they're getting questioned from people who are not exactly qualified to be a teacher i mean i will mm. go and question my doctor or my gp about 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 mm. his pra practice or profession so i it, it's interesting to see the comparison and to hear your experience of the comparison between other countries and the trust uh, other people have towards teachers compared to within this country 
that, that stems i think like you said from the from the culture i think the social culture of of our society hopefully through this lockdown and this this period of transition and homeschool and things like that i think uh, parents maybe will have a a different thought towards how much work it involves being a teacher and what they have to do to to be a teacher and i think that hopefully will change people's view of the career um moving forward but i think yeah. you know that the lack of autonomy and trust as you mentioned um previously i think that that is you know a social culture that we maybe in england don't currently have towards yeah, I, towards a profession i think as well it's it's top down isn't it it comes from you know government policy the media um and i think that feeds into the way people feel about schools and teachers whereas i found in japan there was no questioning you know within the government they they supported schools um and i think parents i never even saw a parent in school or you know anything like that they just accepted that the school was doing the right thing for the kids and there was no stories in the media about like lazy teachers or teachers going on strike or any of that stuff um i mean that said i do think there does need to be some element of challenge and um, accountability having been to school myself in the 80s when there was no accountability for teachers really um, I don't, I'm not sure that was that great either. Um, I mean, I was taught maths very poorly and from a textbook. I was just, we were basically told just to work through the textbook each day. And if you got stuck, you queued at the teacher's desk for 20 minutes. And by the time you got to the front of the queue, you'd forgotten why you were there. And that, <laughs> that was how I was taught maths, which is why I'm so poor at maths now. Um, and but your I, resources you know, I mean, are so good your resources are well, so good true. for maths there you go <laughs> see <laughs> but that's the way it goes right if I think because maths is my my weak spot I was actually good at teaching maths because Did I you? understood what it was like not to understand <laughs> concentrating more sense. on the on the delivery of the maths lesson rather than, rather than like yeah yeah thinking it's you know it off by heart so you don't need to worry exactly. about teaching it yeah Surely. I struggle yeah. with English and I struggle teaching English as well. So that, does, that, <laughs> oh, really? that does not not apply to me. No. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I I can kind of resonate with that, even just from my first placement. I after my first lesson teaching English, the grammar side of it, I was like, well, I, I'm struggling there a bit. I need to clue up on it. So then every lesson after that, I taught English. I was really focusing on making sure everything was right. You know, making sure that my delivery was right and. By the end, I'd probably say out of all the lessons that I taught, that was probably one of my one of my better lessons at teaching English. Even though at the start, I was so worried about um, you know the subject knowledge. It's hard, isn't it? I think it's a di- more difficult to teach the maths, perhaps, because there's so many answers and things that children could write. Whereas maths is really only one answer, so yeah. it's easier to to moderate and to be be on top of. I think you know with with English, it could go anywhere, couldn't it? Most of the time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of opinions, I suppose, isn't there? A lot of difference, differentiation between between phrases, yeah. etc. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's true. It's and it's a valid point what you've said about um about the math side of things and the accountability. It's interesting that you've got that that viewpoint of having been taught without that accountability, and now mm. you're at a stage where there may be too much accountability, but also it's it's like anything. Yeah, isn't I think it? it's got it's gone the other way. Yeah, I mean, I remember being um at primary school, in, like I said, in the eighties, and being in year five, and the teacher in the next classroom constantly t- telling us she was going to send us to the, as she put it, mental hospital as oh, wow. a threat, and we actually believed that that could happen. And <laughs> can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine a teacher saying that to a child now? She'd go in the classroom, like smoking cigarettes and like putting it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was crazy. It was like, when I think back to it, I can't believe that that was allowed to happen. But like at the time, was, there was no, 
you know, there was no questioning by anyone. There was no inspections. Our parents didn't really know what was going on. So I do think there is a balance to be had, but I do think it's gone too far the other way now. It's like with everything, though, like it, everything seems just needs to have a balance. But like we're just so fixated on having it one way or then because we don't like it that way, we have to disagree with it and go completely to the other end. And it's just like, yeah. why, why, why can't we not just be diplomatic about it and just meet in the middle? So so <laughs> polarised, isn't it? Yeah. Everything's polarised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, and education is uh, an example of that. You spoke about being a teacher from 2004 back in Bradford. Um, and you, I know you spoke, you speak very highly of your time in Bradford. Before we talk about why you kind of left, what, what did you enjoy most about, about your teaching during that period? Um, I think what I enjoyed most was making difference. That sounds like a cliche, um, but it, it is true. It's, I think in a lot of ways, it is the best job in the world and the worst job in the world. Um, you, you get to have a laugh every single day. You get to form really close relationships with the kids and the families, you know, in your class or as you go through the school. It's really nice when you've been in the school for a few years and you get to see the kids move through the school and then you see, you know, a younger sibling and you get that sort of experience again. Um, and then forming relationships with colleagues, you know, some of my closest friends, the people I've taught with over the years and I've learned a lot from and hopefully they, maybe they've learned from me. Um, and I just think, isn't, I think the key to being happy in life is, being of service to others and forming relationships, strong relationships with other people that help you get through and help them get through. I think without those two things, you'll never be happy. Um, and you'll never, you'll never build, you know, you won't sleep well at night and all those things. When you go on holiday, you won't feel like you've earned that holiday. Um, and that, that to me is the key to success. It's, you know, feeling that you made a difference to someone else's life and uh, taught them something. And I think when you see a kid get something, when they, finally grasp the concepts like it's the best feeling in the world um so I definitely I did enjoy that um I think I just what what I found was it was because I'm an introvert it wasn't actually all Are just you? The, the reason I left teaching I am massive introvert really um, I would never yeah, have thought I'm that I'm a sociable sociable introvert oh. and so I found being on show all day and having to like you know talk all day I guess and being amongst noise all day, I found it really, really like knackering. And so, but not just like a little bit tiring, like dog tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did find that really difficult, but you, you do adjust to it. I know I've, if, you know, if you've been a teacher, the first week of turn in September, you think, how am I going get, to get through this half term? But you, you do adjust and you do build up stamina and fitness and things like that. So it does get easier, definitely. <laughs> That's good to know. I feel, I feel better now you've said that at the end. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the words you were saying in regards to you know providing a service and 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 building their relationships and seeing uh, children grasp a concept i think is something that resonates with me and sam um you know really closely and that's why we decided to you know take our route into this profession for that reason i was just gonna say i think that has to be the reason to go into to teaching you you have to have that drive to want to make a difference towards young people otherwise you are going to struggle in the profession if you've got other motives it's not going to fit into the system because it's hard work it's tiring and yeah like 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 you've sp spoken about it's it's you're not just dog tired it's 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 everything else about about, about the job you, you you've got to have a real passion for it yeah I think it's one of those things like being a doctor or a nurse it's you know it's a calling isn't it I think yeah, um, yeah. and it's not something that you should take lightly or go into because you think you're going to get epic holidays or it's going to fit in well with family life because none of those things will happen. 
Um, yeah. And it's not it's not especially well paid for, for the hours that you do. You probably for the hours you do, you probably earn more at Tesco, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's the it's the long term impact. It's, you know, going home each day, knowing that you've done a good thing. Um, and you're not, you know, you've not just done something for yourself, you've done something for other people. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, I know we'll go on to this later, but having left teaching, for those people who are in teaching now and thinking, oh, I can't, you know, this is too, too difficult. I do, I miss it every single day. Like I do, I miss it massively. And it will always be a part of me. And I'll always feel, feel glad that I had that experience and had that time with, you know, to help other people. You, you just touched on there. Uh, about leaving the profession and obviously you, you left in, in in 2012 and you had a you left on maternity leave and during that period of 2012 we, we know there was like a transition of, of government and there was a again like we like, like we've spoken about there was a huge shift from one side of education to to the other side when you came back what what was the main differences in education that that you saw and why did you end up leaving the profession yeah, so I actually went on mat leave in 2011 and I was off um, for nine months and then I came back to school and I think just before I went on mat leave, um, there had been, because the change of government in 2010 yeah. saw massive changes, so they got rid of all the Labour government's uh, initiatives, so the NNS, if anyone can remember that, the NLS were just completely scrapped, not saying they were perfect, but they were pretty good. Um, and the, oh, it was such a shame the Labour government has spent so much money on these, like what I considered to be decent sort of schemes and things like that. But they're just conservatives, just completely scrapped everything, started afresh. So you had to relearn everything. And it was what they introduced. It was impossible to get your head around. Um, it just didn't make logical sense. And, and I remember I was working with someone at the time. And he just couldn't get it. Like he couldn't he didn't understand how to plan from what the government had supplied us with. And we're just going over and over. It's like, like a never-ending nightmare. Um, and it just became what was already a tough job anyway under Labour became pretty much impossible. And I think um, some people were, if you're in a really supportive school with loads of training and loads of money and loads of a really good SLT who understood the challenges, you maybe would have been okay. Um, but I just found it just just too hard and and I was saying to you the other day when we had a chat that uh, my son didn't sleep for a year and a half like at all so I came back after nine months um, off not having really slept at all and then I came back to school and I was like crying in the classroom I was crying in the corridor <laughs> just, like, a lot of crying um, and I was snappy and um, I just wasn't enjoying it there was nothing I was enjoying it but enjoying about it and then the final straw was I had an observation of a lesson which I thought had gone really well that apparently did not go well at all. <laughs> and I just thought, well, if I've done my very best and it wasn't good enough, I don't really understand what else I can do. Um, yeah. it, was an, it was an external yeah. person, actually. It was someone who um, the school had kind of like hired in to supposedly help us, but it had the opposite effect on me. I just handed my notice in. Um, and I actually didn't leave um, straight away in 2012. I worked part-time then in a, I got another job luckily in a in a um, leafy lane school explained to the day um, a leafy lane school is a school in like a a, a, a fancy area like a, a, a posh an area an where kids affluent have, area have, yeah <laughs> kids have class <laughs> shoes and they have birthday parties and they bring sweets and other birthday and that kind of thing um so I worked there for a couple of years and then um at the same time as that I was working part-time for Twinkle so I did both for a while so it was like an easy transition out of teaching 
not to say it wasn't a stressful decision. Um, and I did have a few sleep, you know, that it was hard to wrestle with because when you leave teaching, you leave your pension, you leave your holiday, you leave your sick pay and all your rights. And when you go work in, a pri- in the private sector, it's quite a shock. You don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you don't have mo- most yeah. of that stuff. Um, and it is a lot to give up. I mean, if you think about it, all those things are probably worth about 10,000 a year. So maybe you're on 30,000, but actually you're on 40,000 because you've got these other benefits as well, which maybe you don't sort of think about at the time. Um, so yeah, I can't remember the question now. Is there a reason for leaving teaching? Yeah. So to summarize, <laughs> I hadn't slept for a really long time. Um, there's been a lot of changes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of changes that I had just couldn't keep up with. And then I was given an opportunity that I just couldn't pass down. So yeah. um, I basically found some, no one knew about Twinkle at the time. I was rummaging around a colleague's classroom, probably trying to steal a stapler or a staple remover, you know, you know, kind <laughs> of do yeah, stealing yeah. stuff, <laughs> stealing, stealing things. And I just found this Twinkle resource. I thought I've never seen anything like that. And at the time I was doing um, small groups have children who were in year five but were operating at like year one level basically and it was really good pencil control activity which i never really seen before so i had a look at the website and i sent them an email and i just said look <laughs> i like your site it's really good but you could do with some xyz content you could do with some lesson plans and this that, and the other and then from that they eventually hired me and then i worked there part-time for I can't remember if it was a year or two years now a year maybe and then i left teaching and joined them pretty much full-time so that's what happened what a great journey i mean Mm. and it it shows that um alternative career path which we'll go on to to later on um in the episode it just shows the sort of diverse routes that are in education you know you're still working actively working in education now um obviously do a completely different job and running your own business but your your goal is still to to provide a service for children so it just shows that there are then different options there, which which we will touch on later. I just wanted to quickly go back to um, you talked about the changes in policy and things like that from when you you know during your actual teaching period, and and since then again more changes have happened in policy. And I think we all know that there's a high turnover of teachers. Um, do you think that do you think that basically the policies that are, that are in place now are contributing actively to high turnover of teachers? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I guess there's, there's two there's two prongs here, isn't there? Is it the curriculum changes or is it the overall attitude and government policy to the treatment of schools and staff in schools? Probably a bit of both. Yeah. I'd probably argue that it's the it's the attitude at the moment to teachers by the government. I mean, there was this wasn't a famous quote once by Gove who said some, something like, if morale of teachers is high, you know you're doing something wrong. That's Did what he? Says. Oh. Like he honestly said, so, or it was the opposite way around. If the morale of teachers is low, you know you're doing, doing it right. That was, Wow. Just, just <laughs> wow. <remember. laughs> but you've got to remember that if you're dealing with a conservative government, they don't like teachers. That's just, it's always been like that. They just don't like teachers. They think that they're troublemakers. Yeah. They send their kids to private schools anyway, so it doesn't matter to them. <laughs> um that's that's what I've always thought anyway um and yeah I think it definitely impacts I think that if you've got a government in place that doesn't really care about teachers which ours clearly doesn't at all um then it's gonna it's like when you've got a really bad boss that doesn't care about your work-life balance and doesn't care that you've been asked to work at 10 o'clock on a Friday night you leave don't you 
you're not going to, you only get one life. You're not going to tolerate being treated like that long-term. Um, I think if you're in a really good school and the SLT can act as a buffer, which a lot of lot do, although that adds, that makes their lives pretty difficult. I imagine. I think it, it's, it's probably all right. You can probably manage, but if you're in a school where your SLT are ineffective or they're, um, they've got no compassion, they're heavy handed, they're in it for themselves. They're in it for their elevation, a position. I think you're in for a difficult time. And I, I do sometimes wonder if people are attracted to those positions. Not everyone, because I've worked for some really good heads, by the way. Um, but sometimes I do feel that people are attracted to those positions, maybe shouldn't be in those positions. But there's, but I, think... there's I was just going to say, there's lots of accountability for teachers. Classroom, if you're in classroom, there's observations, there's book scrutinies, there's learning walks. I'm not convinced there's as much accountability for heads or SLTs. You know, who's, yeah. who's watching them? Who's observing their leadership? Who's, you know, monitoring their treatment of staff? Where, where is the complaints procedure there? I, I don't think there is one. And I think there's a lot of, this was something I was going to talk about later. It's something I feel quite strongly about. But I believe there's a lot of bullying um, in schools. And I'm not talking about the kids. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about the, te the teachers. It's teachers bullying other teachers. This is something I've experienced twice. Um, and you know it's SLT bullying people out of positions. Uh, it's mismanagement. I, I, something I know it's quite difficult to talk about. I think for people they don't want to admit it, but I'm happy to discuss it because I'm not in school anymore, so I don't <laughs> care. Um, but it's it, I, just to make people aware that bullying doesn't stop when you leave school. It, it happens in any job, and it's definitely happening in teaching because there's these positions in people in positions of power, and there's no one controlling them. <laughs> And I think what, what you've said there is a reflection on the current government and the current people who are, who are secretaries. So, for example, you've got Gavin Williamson at the moment, Matt Hancock. These people have never, ever worked in a hospital, worked for the NHS. These, this person's never, ever worked in schools or, or done the hardship of being a teacher. He has no understanding of what it's like to stand in front of a classroom of 30 children and the stresses to get things done. So there's no there's no appreciation of the job. And that leads into and, and that contributes to society and, and teachers not being appreciated for the jobs they do. And reflection as well, similar to what you said about people maybe applying for SLT jobs. They might be doing it for the for the wrong reasons. And for teachers who, who've trained for for so long seeing someone in charge of education who's got no qualifications just completely and utterly obliterates the whole um undermines the whole profession doesn't yeah it? undermines the profession and, mm -hmm. and the qualification that, that 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 we that we have obtained essentially for for four years worth of study mm. yeah i mean it's difficult isn't it i think that um i think it shows as well i think that i mean in some ways to be williamson all you need is to be a human you just need to understand, have some understanding of what it's like standing up, stand up every day in front of a class of kids and what that, how that affects you and how it knackers you and how difficult it is. But maybe he's not human, so I, I don't know. <laughs> it's an achievement being worse than golf, to be fair. I mean, I, I, didn't, I, I, did, I didn't actually That's think That's quite that, special. Yeah, I didn't think I mean, until, until, he, but... until he comes up with comments like that, like what you've just said i'm not going to put him <laughs> under to, i'm not going to put him underneath him just yet but i think no. if he starts coming out with quotes <laughs> like that then he's that was awesome. that that shocked me that did um <laughs> <laughs> i'm still shocked by it now um you went to twinkle little career change and spent you know five and a half, five and a half great years there um why did you stay in education and do you feel that 
teachers like ourselves are aware of alternative career paths? So um, the reason I stayed in this area is because I'm terrible at everything else. So <laughs> it made sense. <laughs> it made sense, really. Um, it's all I know, really. I mean, I've done other jobs in that before I um, was a teacher. I've been a computer programmer. I've what else have I done? I've been a PA. I've done just like rubbishy jobs. Um, and I was terrible at all of them. Um, so I kind of figured probably it'd be a bad idea to go into something else. Um, and uh, I think, you know, in terms of people wanting to maybe leave teaching and alternative careers, there's so much out there. And I think people just don't realize they get stuck in a rut. And also, I think when you've had a bad experience, your confidence you know, can be quite badly affected and you think, um, I won't be any good at it. And, you know, I may as well just stick with this now. Um, but there are loads of opportunities out there. Um, there's actually a blog post on my website um, and I've listed out all the, all, all the alternative careers for teachers that I've thought of. And it's the most visited page on my website. <laughs> no, nice. that's no joke. Um, <laughs> there's loads, I know. So there's loads of things. And it, and in fact, goes up whenever there's like a crisis or something. I know it's the traffic goes up, it's weird. Um, but there's, you know, some ideas on there. Some of it is just research and it's reaching out to people and sending them an email and saying, look, I'd be awesome for your company. Um, what I did, what I did uh, when I left Twinkle is, um, well, I used my contacts as well to get other work, but um, so I've done work for other companies as well. Um, so just go onto sites like Bet and look at the exhibitor list and just send them all an email saying what you can offer their company as a teacher. I mean, having being an employer now of teachers, they're brilliant employees. Like they work really, really hard. Um, they're really nice people. They really care. Like they're the best employees you could possibly want. Um, so just you know, think of that, and you've got loads of transferable skills that you probably don't even know that you've got. Um, and there is, there are loads of things. There's one thing to just don't be exploited. Don't let people underpay you because you are actually worth a lot, you know, financially to them probably. Um, so yeah, definitely. So if you, if anyone is interested, um, I don't know if you can leave a comment with the link to the blog post. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll. Uh... We'll yeah, yeah. Post. We'll put a CPD post up, and uh, that'll have the, oh, the link to the to the blog post. But um, yeah, we've read the blog post. It's really, really fascinating, oh, cool. and it's um, yeah. it's just some really great advice for teachers of all walks. Really, you know, teachers that are experienced and have been in the career for a long time, or teachers like ourselves that are just just starting out. Because it's good for us to know, you know, what what's out there. Because you know, yeah, in four and- four five years time, we may not we may not be enjoying being in the classroom. We just don't know, do you? And, and also, I think there's no, you don't, you don't have to think of it, it's not the end. Because I don't see it as my teaching career is necessarily over. I'm just biding my time. <laughs> and, you know, you can leave teaching for a couple of years and go back into it. Like, they'll all, people will always want teachers. There'll never be a time when you won't be able to get a job. Um, so don't think that it's over forever. You can just, you know, chop and change a bit and be two years out, go back in for a few years, go out again. Um, there is definitely scope for that. And I think what, what you've spoken about, um, in regards to alternative career options in education is is really really quite good for a lot of people because a lot of people leave the profession of teaching actually don't want to leave education for other other reasons and I think people making people aware of there are other careers within education actually will help a lot of people because people will just find themselves in a job that they necessarily don't don't want to do and they still have that love for um, um for education so yeah like Matt said we've both read the blog and it's it is really fascinating and give some really good uh, advice for people who are considering or, or are leaving the profession. I think it, it also, Sorry. no, no, 
need to thank us. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say as well. I don't want this to come across like being a teacher is absolutely terrible, and it's don't don't do it because I think you should always try another school before you give up because it could just be your school is awful because that does happen. There are toxic schools. And you don't know until you start working there. Because when you go to interview, everyone's smiling and happy and everyone, everyone covers up what's really going on there. Um, which is why you should always ask around before you accept a teaching post anywhere, by the way. Um, but just try another school because my last school I was in was really lovely and I loved it. And the only reason I left was, A, I only had a one-year contract there. <laughs> um, and then I got the opportunity. At, they, they, they did ask me to interview for another role, but I'd got the opportunity at Twinkle by then. And it just made sense to leave because of you know, sort of kids. My kids were at home and um, all that stuff and hadn't slept for a while. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely try, try another school. Don't just give up on the basis of one bad experience because that would just be ridiculous to give up four years training to give up on it you know on a whim do try somewhere else but just research I think when, when you're an NQT there's um pressure isn't there to get your first job and everyone's like oh have you got a job yet have you got anything and you feel a bit like oh schnarf if you don't have one yeah but don't take the first job to just you know be picky um yeah. you will get a job eventually just don't take the first job in the most terrible school ever and take I think- a job in the school that's right for you you know and that could what, be that could be in the worst school ever if that's what if that's what you're true you pri- yeah if that's yeah what, if that's what when you I, pride yourself on as a teacher that could be well I was just gonna it. say because I did six months um I was sent to another school which was supposedly the worst school in Britain like that they'd been talked about in parliament as the worst school in Britain <laughs> and nobody would work there I just see my husband my husband's outside right behind um <laughs> nobody would work there they couldn't get anyone to teach there so I was asked to go along with some of the staff from my school at the time it was the best six months of my teaching career I loved it it was the, t- the kids were wonderful. The parents were just grateful. It was in a really, really tough area, Bradford. It was like as tough as you could possibly imagine. There was, there was all sorts going on. Um, and it was the best experience. I really felt that that was what teaching was about. And I felt that I genuinely helped those kids and support was brilliant. So you could be in an RI school, you know, that's failed every offset inspection going and you, it could be fantastic for you. Like in terms of like building up your experience and uh, professional knowledge. So, yeah. you know, or a school in like Leafy Lane, you, you've got to do your research, ask around, people know stuff. Yeah, they do. <laughs> people and, know and a I lot. Think, <laughs> and I think you've made two really important uh, points there. Uh, the first one being, obviously, always being NQTs. Like one of the important things is obviously choosing the right school for us. It's not about choosing the first job because that school might might not be right for us. And it's like you said, do, doing that um, research and stuff and making sure that that you are aware of the school and if you've got contacts within education ask those people what what they think if they know the school and 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 what and what they think as well and i think i think that's a really really important important point um to make in regards to obviously always especially as trainee teachers i think as well you can do your um if you once you've done your nqt year you don't have to don't feel like you've got to stay and it will look bad on you if you leave like it's fine to just do one year and move on because that's it's cool like you'll still be cheap so you'll still be employable. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all good. That's, <laughs> yeah, what, exactly. that's what we are. Well, so obviously we've spoken about um, your career in teaching and then obviously the opportunity that, that arose from Twinkle. So um, after speaking to you uh, last week, um, we know that you had a successful five and a half years at Twinkle and then you set up your own business. Why did you take the, the leap from work, working at... Uh, 
a very well-established company to, to setting up your own um, company. Competitor um, yeah, as well, wouldn't it? Competitor. Uh, I suppose so. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think, well, just to say, first of all, that I've not mentioned being a mum at all, which is a bit weird because I've got three three children. <laughs> and that, and just to, just to go back to um, a point from earlier about teaching, and when you're a parent and you're a teacher, it's a really difficult thing because you're actually putting other people's kids ahead of your own kids quite a lot of the time. And that, is, that, is, that isn't something I've talked about, but it's definitely one of the reasons I left teaching. Um, I'm just checking someone isn't screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it is really tough. And I think um, if you're a teacher, say you're the breadwinner of the family um, and you're in a situation where you can just come and go as you please, you don't have to do nursery drop-offs or when the kids are ill, you don't need to ring in sick. It's probably fine. But in my situation, my husband worked in the centre of Leeds. He had to get the train and he had to leave early came back after me and I just felt like a slave basically um you know I had like a, a second job I think pe people call it don't they you know when you're a parent and I think that did sort of impact my time at Twinkle eventually as well um I'd had a third child I only had two children when I started there and I had a third child and it was becoming increasingly difficult to manage um and I know some, it's a short-term thing because when the when the babies and stuff is it's really hard and then now now they're older it's sort of fine again um, so there was that, um, but it did feel a little bit like after five and a half years, it was a bit like Groundhog Day for me at Twinkle, because um, I was kind of like doing what I was what I'd done for the UK in say America or Canada, or whatever, and starting all over again. And I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to start again in those countries and go back to the beginning again. I wanted to progress and do something different. Um, and I did feel as well that I was kind of like top of the tree there. Um, and, and, and there was nowhere to go for me. There was no career progression. And I, I'd sort of started to realize my own worth a bit, I think, and realize what an impact I'd made on that business. And if I could do it for them, I could do it for maybe other businesses and myself. Um, yeah. And I think I wanted to be in charge of my own destiny a bit. And I got, I got a bit sick of like, having to book holidays. And, um, and I guess we were in a fortunate position as a family. My husband was able to say, look, you know, if you can give that job up and not have a job to go to, first time that's ever happened to us because you know we've always you know Grafted. money has always been tight yeah money's always yeah. been tight we've never been wasteful and then he got this new job and all of a sudden we had these new opportunities in life and it was absolutely wonderful um so I was able to sort of give it up and not have a job to go to and then I did some contracting roles at Rising Stars at Too Simple as well and did some work for them um, and then in the meantime, I was like busy working in the background, setting up this, this new resource site. And the idea at the beginning was to do something for parents. It wasn't actually to set up a teaching resource site. I wanted to set something up for parents because I could see that there was a need. But it turns out parents don't pay for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that You should work. know that being a parent yourself. I know, I know, it was silly. <laughs> Um, but funnily enough now now my site's like three years old over three years old now a lot of my sign was our parents so I don't know what's gone on there I guess maybe it take they're the last people to be converted or something um Remote so yeah learning, it, yeah thing. well probably it probably is but even before that um even before um 2020 March 2020 it was still getting quite a lot of signing up um but I think having the opportunity opportunity to work flexibly and be self-employed being self-employed is really good because you can take the kids to school, pick them up from school. You can go to your doctor's appointments. There's no one breathing down your neck telling you, you know, you've got to be at a meeting or whatever. But just to add to people, there are other stresses. It's like anything in life. There's pros and cons. So if you're employed, you don't have to worry about 
you know, you're going to bring in enough money to pay the mortgage or what if you get ill or what if you have an accident or something like that, you know, you can't work if you're employed, although there are cons in that there's not, you know, it's less flexible. Um, you don't have to worry about doing a tax return or getting sued or, you know, all that stuff I have to worry about. Or your website going down. It went down again yesterday. Did it? Um, yeah. It's, just because it's, it's, it's doing so well, this, that's why. And, well, maybe. Um, and just like, well, actually, it's, it's plugin clashes. So I'm constantly battling with, like, you know, if anything changes in the plugin updates, I might have a clash and it's like, I'll go down. I never thought in a million years I'd be worrying about that and um, stuff like that. But, you know, the grass isn't always greener it is really hard um but that said i do i don't do it for the money i definitely definitely don't do it for the money i do it because i love helping people and just to go back to my earlier point I, i i believe that i can only be i can only be happy and probably most people can only be happy serving other people being of service being of use making other people's lives better easier um and i don't know doing something useful in life um and doing the right thing. And I feel like with my site, it's cheap. You know, I, I want to do the right thing. I don't want to charge people loads, loads of money. I want to help as many people as possible. And I really love, I love it. Like I love logging into my emails in the morning, getting love the emails from people saying that I've helped them. It gives me a massive, massive buzz. Um, I don't do it for any other reason. I definitely do not do it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't, don't, don't start thinking that you set up a resource site and you, you'll, you'll be rich beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> because it takes a really really long time and the stresses you know if you employ people they their cat dies or you know they can't can't work for a month and all of a sudden you haven't got you know you've no staff um and you can't run a business and it, it is really difficult but I, I enjoy the challenge and I've learned a lot I've learned a lot about myself about other people about you know and maybe in the future if I run other businesses I can use this experience you know of what I've done now to inform that um, on that, I do have yeah. another business that I'm about to launch called timeforphonics.co.uk, which is interactive phonics games, um, which I'm really, really proud of. Um, I love how you're just like plugging your own stuff. This is great because it means it means sound don't have to plug it ourselves. So this is this is perfect for us. Throwing it in there. <laughs> I just I, I noticed in the last lockdown because my daughter was, was four at the time. And I just I really I was really desperate to get her reading because once they can read, everything's easier. Um, and I just wanted some to find a really engaging interactive phonics game site that she would actually play. And I know there are some out there and they are really good, but she just wouldn't play them. So I figured I've got a problem here and I can solve it for myself yeah. <laughs> with my own you know, thoughts and experience. So um, I'm working with a really good company, um, startup company in Leeds called Made by Studio, who are amazing. They're really young guys, just graduated. And I just really like them. And I didn't, they'd never done it before. And I didn't know if they'd be able to do it, but I thought I'd take a chance on them and, and give them the their first gig. And they've been absolutely amazing. I recommend them to anyone who um, is looking for, I don't know, game or website development. You're, you're a prime example of what me and Sam have, have experienced as well, because, you know, we've, we've set this up this year, um, you know, new to the podcast world, new to education, you know, and without, you know, the help of people like yourself. Um, we've had a lot of help from our lecturers, our university, um, as well as as well as other people, you know, on, on Instagram and things like that, that have been willing to sort of help us along the way. And I think that people like yourself are so important to people like ourselves in, in education um, for just give, taking a chance and giving an opportunity for people like ourselves. 
yeah just sort of, you know oh, huge thank you for people like yourself that are supporting <laughs> you know younger younger people in in their careers and i feel like with this episode especially um because i think it's both resonates personally with me and Matt like we've known people who've left the profession but you you spoke about there like your drive to continuously help people and you've set up this website and your goal is to help people like I know people who've like left the profession done something completely different but then have come back to the teaching because they completely and utterly miss it and I feel like this episode in itself obviously with your with your website and the unbelievable resources that uh that you offer and obviously the launch of um phonics is that that's coming out but also as well your just just the blog that that you've done on alternative careers with an education i think will help a lot of people and it's for us as well like matty said that like we get people on this podcast and it just helps bring awareness to especially us as trainee teachers to what's to come and, and what can we do to overcome certain things and how, how we can help ourselves out and and other people of course and yeah i just feel like this episode is like really beneficial in in, in that way especially as we oh, don't know much either <laughs> <laughs> so we need to use people like yourself to get that get that message around i guess as well like the thing is i have the time so you know i have time to come up with ideas and research and chat to people and think oh you know what this this would make a really good powerpoint whereas you don't have the time to think about it so I feel like I'm almost like doing I'm a sort of servant I I have I'm doing work in the background to help the people who are actually you know in the the front line yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and and I think loads of people say to me which it's not something that I feel that I do that well but apparently people on you know say that I do it's ideas and say I love coming to you for ideas and I'm I was like oh okay didn't think of it like that but I guess when you're in when you're teaching every day it is really difficult to have ideas to be creative it's like when you're really tired and you've got loads going on just it's really you know, hard to think of new stuff and actually when you do new stuff it makes you feel you know reinvigorated and refreshed and you get a new insight into what it is you know what it means to be a teacher I think that's probably why people use sites like mine um, yeah. so yeah so that's good yeah imagine, imagine having an education secretary who, who, who had ideas i mean <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get chucked <laughs> off mate the podcast in a minute we're gonna get chucked off apple podcast when he hears this <laughs> I do, well, if he, yeah, if he hears this he could come on our podcast gavin oh, williamson come on, come on our podcast. brilliant gavin Four williamson get yourself yeah gavin williamson <laughs> get yourself on now teach of tomorrow we're ready for you do you know you know what's really funny sometimes because well, I, I, everyone that registers like i see their i because i'm nosy and stuff um, I see like the email address and quite often they'll be like I'm sure famous people like use my yeah. site there's a few I'm not going to say who they are because I might get into trouble but and um and I think is that is that is really that like is it that would be quite know, that they makes got, me feel really excited kids as well, though, don't they? So, well exactly like... yeah it's all people who have young kids as well so I'm like is that oh my god like it makes me feel really like buzzy and amazing that's quality uh, <laughs> that's quite I can't wait can't wait for you to name drop them in the next episode yeah. <laughs> Ro- royal, royal. Could, could be royal oh imagine royalty, <laughs> royalty. Mm. exclusive we're, exclusive there we're out of our depth we're out of our depth yeah yeah we let's get back back in our lane Sam get back in our lane where we belong um talked about your career and talked about the successful sort of launch of your business and how well it's doing at the moment and the really exciting things you've got coming up with uh, the euphonics uh, initiative which you've set up which is was launched on monday was it well, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be it's oh, no. <laughs> i keep i keep saying it's coming soon yeah um we just it's had fine. some problems this episode coming yeah out. it's fine okay good <laughs> good good 
the the site is working fine it's the mobile site is still a bit glitchy so we're just working on the mobile site which is really annoying but it will be ready soon so yeah. as soon as it's re ready I, I will i will tag you on instagram no, prob no problem at all that's all right we just i just didn't want to stitch you up um <laughs> but you know you've said you've referred to it a few times in this episode but i'm just going to ask you sort of playing out outright do you see yourself going back to teaching in the future and what do you miss most about being in the classroom um I don't see it in the near future. I, if there was, um, if Labour got back into power, I'd consider it. Um, but I'd be really picky. Like I'd only go to a school that I had the same values as me, and I really believed in the SLT team there. Um, I definitely, I would never write it off because I do miss it. I get when it's um, start of term in September, I get really emotional, and something doesn't feel right. It's a bit like if you know there's a party going on and all your best friends are there, but you're not invited, you weren't invited or you can't go. And there's something story feels sounds like that. <laughs> the same, I have the same problem. Um, that it feels a bit like that. You feel a bit like you miss it, like there's a real FOMO, you know, you, you're missing out on something and it doesn't feel quite right. And I do, I get a bit down in September because I feel, I feel like I should be going into school and get, get, get my classroom ready and I'm not. And it just feels a bit strange. Um, and I do definitely miss it. I think when my kids are older and more, they can come in the house with their own key and all that stuff. I don't have to be here so much. Um, I would definitely consider it. Um, it is a vocation. It is the best job and it is the worst job. Um, and there are pros and cons to every single job. So don't be thinking that people who work in an office all day you get to have a you know nice long lunch and a coffee break. Don't think their life's plain sailing because it isn't. You know They have different challenges that you don't have. Um, and I think that's important to remember that just try to focus on the positives. Uh, we do need people to be teachers. So please don't all leave. Um, <laughs> but, you know. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely um, see myself going back into it. And I think I'd go back into it now as a better teacher um, than I was. Um, I think I'd be more confident in, my, in myself, um, less feeling of being an imposter, which is a huge problem for teachers of all ages, by the way. I don't mean that's just, just for NQTs. Um, and I just, I feel like I'd be better equipped at dealing with stupid stuff. So like, you know, if SLT says, let's do this and it's a really bad idea, I think I probably would feel confident to say, no, that's not. And this <laughs> yeah. is the reason why. And let's do something different that would be even better. And maybe they'd say no. <laughs> but at least I've, I wouldn't just sit there in silence in the staff meeting like, mm. um, I feel like I'd actually spoken up because there's nothing worse than going along with something that you know is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, testament to the career you've had but also I think that is really relevant to teachers like you know me and Sam for example if we go into school I think the first few years naturally you are going to be and um, you know doing as you're told type thing and I think Speak for yourself. You, you've got a yeah maybe maybe, maybe not maybe not you <laughs> um, yeah I was but, just going to say just because you're an NQT doesn't mean you don't know anything well that's what um, I was just yeah. about to say I was yeah. trying to articulate in a way that in a way that would be um, not detrimental to my career but <laughs> um, I mean know. there was someone because I, I worked with um, a lady I will I will name her, a lady called Mary who was an NQT and um, she was like I would say better than a lot of the experienced staff in the school so and she was young as well she wasn't she hadn't done another career and you know she was like 23 or something she hadn't gone into something else and gone into it later so there was no rhyme or reason to it some NQTs find it really hard and that's completely understandable and some just hit they're just brilliant they're brilliant from the first day and they get it and they're capable um and it's just a, it's just humans for you isn't it you know some people got different skill sets haven't we We've yeah, got different skill yeah. sets and you've got to celebrate them skill sets, whatever they may be. Um, and that's 
And that's why we all do different jobs. So there's no chance of getting me in an office. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. And it's super boring. You know, when you were talking about um, you saying that, oh, you, you wanted to stay in teaching because you couldn't do anything else, which is probably a lie. But um, I was a gas engineer before this, and I was probably one of the worst gas engineers you'll ever find. So <laughs> just, just not very good. So it's like, I, I think can... there's this. There's no other job with the amount of variety of teaching. Every day is different and you get to be really creative as well. And I think even even planning, and it's a drag and stuff, but sometimes when you're writing, typing, you're planning out, you think, you're thinking of new things. You think, oh, do you know what? I could do this. And you get that buzz of excitement that you know you get as a, as a creative person. And, and then that improves over time. So if you're an NQT and you think, I've got no ideas, I don't know how to, I've got the objective and I don't know the activity to go with the objective. That's what we do on my site, you know, because I have been there, done that. So a lot of the resources we make, they're activity-based resources, hence the name Mrs. Mactivity, by the way. Great um, name. They're activity-based resources. So we're matching the lesson, the learning objective from the, the national curriculum to an actual activity that will make that le- learning happen. Um, I can't remember what I was saying now. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, th- that comes with time. It comes with experience. You're not going to know straight away, but... Yeah, there are, there are no other jobs, I don't think, with that kind of variety. And the autonomy is brilliant as well. You know, you can do what it's your class, do what you want. Well, you know, in theory. Within, <laughs> within reason. Um, with the variety of uh, boilers not good enough for you, Matty? Is that what you're no, trying to say? No, they weren't. The customer side was all right. Very At least you got to see different people, but the... The, the changing of boilers and being outside in the cold wasn't for me sometimes. So no. <laughs> I need to be in that warm classroom. Um, I think as well, some of it is about like age ranges because um, I, I only really felt comfortable with years five and six. And I have taught in Key Stage One actually as well. And it's cool. Like it's a laugh. You know, if you want to hear about, oh, it's my mum's birthday today. Or wobbly twos, you know, and, <laughs> and, and plasters on fingers. And, and, and it is cool. Like in year one, there's, there's, I think that's quite an exciting year to teach actually because you, you, they come in not really being able to read and write properly, to be honest. And then they there's leave. No filter. Competent learners. Yeah. And, and that is quite an exciting year. So I'm not going to write off Key Stage One because I think it's awesome. But for, for me personally, I felt most comfortable in year five and six and I got the challenge. And, you know, you know the, the kids can do more. So they, mm. and they understand more. And it's more, I found personally that brilliant because I could see them, you could talk some more on a one-to-one human level rather than, you're all right there. Um, <laughs> but that's Get a proper about, teacher you know, voice in your key stage yeah, one, yeah, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, hello, children. Um, but I felt like I could, you know, you, you can joke around with them in year five and six. And I found I preferred it, although they are scarier um, if you don't like scary kids. Um, but that's just part of it, part of it, isn't it? But I think that, um, yeah, I, I think you know finding where you sit within a school is really important to feeling happy in your job as well um, and again it's trial and error unfortunately most NQTs will be put in year three and four because they're seen as the least important years um probably put me unfairly. in there I love year four Un- I just unfairly. had year four in my uh in my <laughs> first placement and what a great year such there's no day. accountability in year four there's no nope. accountability yeah in but year they're, four. they're, no they're a perfect they're perfect age because they they're not too old that they're going to give you lip, but at the same time, they're not too young that they're, they, they, you don't need to hold their hand every step of the way. Like they're confident, exactly. they're confident it enough to cool, work independently, actually. but they're, yeah, you know, they, they respect, they respect you enough that if you tell them to do something, they'll just get on and do it. I thought, I think, yeah, when I taught it, I thought there was such, I don't know whether it's because I had a great class or not, but for me, yeah, they were, you know, such a good age. And I know that a lot of people that I've spoken to and um, that have been in year four have said exactly the same thing. 
I think it all depends upon your interest as a teacher because I love science. I was science lead. Um, and, and I think the science elements in year five and six are just so much more interesting and, mm. and you can do more in depth. So it's almost like I was doing, I was teaching what I, what I, what I wanted to know. <laughs> well, um, what can I, I think, learn this week? Well, okay, exactly. Well, that's that. so interesting. Um, and I think that's what made, made it fun for me. And I know sometimes, I don't know if you've anyone's experienced as a teacher, we teach a unit that is, you just, you just don't like it and you just can't explain why you don't like it uh, or a topic or something. And then when it's done, you're like, oh, thank God that's over. And then you start to teach you, you're on to the next topic and you're like, this is so much, like I so enjoy my job so much more now than I did last half term. It's simply a change of topic. Um, you, just, you don't yeah. like everything, do you? Like no. me, and Sam, me and Sam like different things. Like Sam, you know, enjoys completely different things to me. I love humanity. So like any opportunity I can teach geography and history, I'll teach it. And I'll, re- I'll teach it, you know, where, whereas like science or stuff like that, I'll try to avoid as much as possible because it's yeah. it's just not what my interests and sam you'll probably be different than me yeah we, we don't actually get on we just we just do the podcast together yeah like, yeah it's just just what it is <laughs> beginning to you begin to each other's yang that's what we are oh, isn't that I right see. sam yeah <laughs> that, some may say like i say in terms of the cpd you've thankfully plugged most of it for us anyway which is great um <laughs> free advertising I know, yeah. take it. you've done this you've done this before um you know, you've I, I, mentioned yeah, definitely the, have done this before <laughs> you've mentioned the alternative routes of teaching which um yeah. is your really popular blog post which we'll we'll attach to the post when we um release the episode you've also talked about your your website um uk, which you can find um on your instagram page the link there or just type it into google yeah. obviously um yeah also we we wanted to mention your book learn to read the easy I just, way yeah i just realized i totally forgot about the book I well, keep forgetting about so it. many achievements it's understandable <laughs> so many uh, it's just so uh, quickly elaborate book. on the on the book learn to yeah, read the easy way i just us. remembered about that um yeah so i was fortunate enough to write a book in 2019 fortunate in that it wasn't in 2020 when my kids would have been harassing me so i was able to actually do a <laughs> decent job i hope um and it came out in in june of this year take if you write a book it takes a really long time so don't go into it lightly by the way um but it is i do love to write so that's quite good um so it's a book about learning to read obviously and it's phonics games and activities and things you could do either in the classroom or at home and it's on amazon so you can find it on amazon or if you just google learn to read the easy way by heather mcavan um, and you will find it on the internet yeah Pick that up. Yeah, I do. Um, so you can buy that. And there's, it's also on my website. So if you go to the website on the nav bar at the top, it says book and you just click on that and read about it. But um, yeah, it's really cool. I should have brought it to, oh no, because we're on Zoom, but people in the podcast won't be able to see it, will they? That's all right. You can just <laughs> send us a copy really... and we'll, we can just send us a okay, copy and we'll, we'll spread the love. Then. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's actually, when it came, when it came, because it's like a proper book, it's not like an ebook or a self, it's not like a self made book. It's like a real cool, beautiful book. And it's got photographs of every one of the, of, you know, every single thing in it. It's not like a cookbook where they input like a few of the pictures in. This has got every <laughs> single photo of every oh, single thing in there. Um, so Hayley, who does the designing for our website, she did the photos, which is really handy because she's so talented, by the way. I should mention her because she's the linchpin of our website. Um, and she does, she hand draws all our resources. She's really talented. I'm so lucky to have her. Um, 
and other people work for the website as well. I should probably mention Sophie and Lucy <laughs> and Caroline and oh, who else? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, no. Just rattle um, off anyway. the whole employment yeah. list. That's it. <laughs> some, some people. You've started um, now. You've got a team. <laughs> and there's a guy called Joe who's my tech guy who I just lean on so much for tech support. He's amazing as well. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so the book came out in June. And when it came, it was, like, super exciting. I opened this box and it was all it was my photo on a book and it's it's you know that smooth material like a coffee table book <laughs> I loved it anyway so I've got that and then um as I said I've got timeforphonics.co.uk going live very soon and if you go into the website now you can actually register on there and then I'll notify you when it comes live and you'll get a free account for a little while as well can't remember what else that's 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 it and well <laughs> you've, you've you've plugged the phonics thing which linked nicely so that's great yeah um and also you mentioned to me and Sam last week that potentially you may have a new book on the horizon um, is that, is I'm a... thinking about it yeah um, I'm thinking of this book I sold quite it sold really well actually which is always a shock because I never understand why people want to read what I've written um, well, like, we, anyway, we listened to you for an hour really and well. we understand what I say I can imagine <laughs> oh, why they want to read oh, no. <laughs> the thing is like because I'm a teacher I do I talk a lot but I'm an introvert at the same time but now with lockdown I'm no one to talk to so I get on a call and I'm like Fun. You, <laughs> like, you're not convinced that you're chance. an introvert, by the way. Yeah, no I'm, not, I'm not having I that at all. I'm not having that. Oh, yeah. So I'm considering doing a maths book because I think I said to you earlier, I'm really, really bad at maths, which might seem a silly thing to do. But um, I want to improve my own maths skills. So I thought that, that would be really useful. But I'm also, um, because I'm really bad at maths myself, I feel like I'm quite good at coming up with activities because I understand what it is not to understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. the activities that I come up with maths, we're probably quite similar. So it will be like hands-on crafts and activities, maths games, things like that. So yeah, maybe. And just maybe to mention exciting. as well, um, the company I'm a non-exec uh, director for, which is called kapowprimary.com. And um, you can check them out as well because they're doing really, really well. It's a really epic um, website. Kapow Primary. There you go. We'll check We'll check yeah. them out. We will take your Do. advice and we will... We will uh, We'll follow that advice as well because everything you've said so far has been great. I am very wise. Uh, it's so wise. Oh. So wise. <laughs> so much wisdom here. <laughs> um, from my perspective, it's been lovely to speak to you today on the podcast. I think oh, thank you. we've covered nice. such a broad range of topics and I think a lot of them um, will help a lot of different teachers in different stages, whether they're at the beginning of their career or, or you know, right in the middle or even at the end. So I think... Um, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch with us after the episode, then uh, find us on Instagram at the Teachers of Tomorrow. Like I say, we'll be chucking all the CPD up on there. Again, on Twitter at TFT Pod, and we'll be chucking all the CPD and the episode you'll find on there as well. And again, most importantly, if you want to, you know, get in touch with Heather um, at Mrs. Activity on Instagram, or like I say, Mrs. Activity.co.uk is the website that you'll need to get in touch. But um, yeah, you know, thanks for coming on today heather um i think it's been really really great chat and you know oh, for me personally i've just really been fun. i've just been i've just loved listening to you so yeah you know oh thank um, you it's a pleasure that's nice cool yeah. thank, thank, thank you very much i've enjoyed it same same as matt it's been very very enjoyable definitely learned a lot and yeah we'll be plugging away those resources that, that, that you've got available out there and i just think yeah for a lot of people this will be um yeah some very good advice to people who um you want to stay in education and things like that but yeah we really, oh, really enjoyed having please. you on a man a few words Thank sam you. gregory 
a man yeah. of few words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank <laughs> you. To get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at the Teachers of Tomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at TFT Pod. <laughs>